0: part two of the fringes of the fleet by rudyard kipling this librivox recording is in the public domain part two submarines chapters one and two farewell and adieu to you greenwich ladies farewell and adieu to you ladies ashore for we've received orders to work to the eastward where we hope in a short time to strafe em some more we'll duck and we'll dive like little tin turtles we'll duck and we'll dive underneath the north seas until we strike something that doesn't expect us from here to cuxhaven it's go as you please the first thing we did was to dock in a minefield which isn't a place where repairs should be done and there we lay doggo in twelve fathom water with tri nitro toluol hogging our run the next thing we did we rose under a zeppelin with his shiny big belly half blocking the sky but what in the heavens can you do with six pounders so we fired what we had and we bade em good-bye chapter i the chief business of the trawler fleet is to attend to the traffic the submarine in her sphere attends to the enemy like the destroyer, the submarine has created its own type of officer and man, with a language and traditions apart from the rest of the service, and yet, at heart, unchangingly of the service. Their business is to run monstrous risks from earth, air, and water in what, to be of any use, must be the coldest of cold blood. The commander's is more a one-man job, as the crew's is more teamwork than any other employment afloat that is why the relations between submarine officers and men are what they are they play hourly for each other's lives with death the umpire always at their elbow on tiptoe to give them out there is a stretch of water once dear to amateur yachtsmen now given over to scouts submarines destroyers and of course contingents of trawlers we were waiting the return of some boats which were due to report a couple surged up the still harbour in the afternoon light and tied up beside their sisters there climbed out of them three or four high-booted sunken-eyed pirates clad in sweaters under jackets that a stoker of the last generation would have disowned this was their first chance to compare notes at close hand together they lamented the loss of a zeppelin a perfect mug of a zepp who had come down very low and offered one of them a sitting shot but what can you do with our guns i gave him what i had and then he started bombing i know he did another said i heard him that's what brought me down to you i thought he had you that last time no i was forty foot under when he hove out of the big un what happened to you my steering-gear jammed just after i went down and i had to go round in circles till i got it straightened out but wasn't he a mug was he the brute with the patch on his port side a sister boat demanded no this fellow had just been hatched he was almost sitting on the water heaving bombs over and my blasted steering-gear went and chose then to go wrong The other commander mourned i thought his last little egg was going to get me half an hour later i was formally introduced to three or four quite strange quite immaculate officers freshly shaved and a little tired about the eyes whom i thought i had met before labor and refreshment meantime it was on the hour of evening drinks one of the boats was still unaccounted for no one talked of her they rather discussed motor-cars and admiralty constructors but it felt like that queer twilight watch at the front when the homing aeroplanes drop in presently a signaller entered v forty two outside sir wants to know which channel she shall use oh thank you tell her to take so and so mine i remember was vermouth and bitters and later on v forty two himself found a soft chair and joined the committee of instruction those next for duty as well as those in training wished to hear what was going on and who had shifted what to where and how certain arrangements had worked they were told in language not to be found in any printable book Questions and answers were alike Hebrew to one listener, but he gathered that every boat carried a second in command, a strong, persevering youth who seemed responsible for everything that went wrong, from a motor cylinder to a torpedo. Then somebody touched on the mercantile marine and its habits. Said one philosopher, "'They can't be expected to take any more risks than they do. I wouldn't if I was a skipper. I'd loose off at any blessed periscope I saw.' that's all very fine you wait till you've had a patriotic tramp trying to strafe you at your own back door said another some one told a tale of a man with a voice notable even in a service where men are not trained to whisper he was coming back empty-handed dirty tired and best left alone for the peace of the german side he had entered our hectic home waters where the usual tramp shelled and by miraculous luck crumpled his periscope another man might have dived but boanerges kept on rising majestic and wrathful he rose personally through his main hatch and at two thousand yards have i said it was a still day addressed the tramp even at that distance she gathered it was a naval officer with a grievance and by the time he ran alongside she was in a state of coma but managed to stammer well sir at least you'll admit that our shooting was pretty good and that said my informant put the lid on boanerges went down lest he should be tempted to murder and the tramp affirmed she heard him rumbling beneath her like an inverted thunderstorm for fifteen minutes all those tramps ought to be disarmed and we ought to have all their guns said a voice out of a corner what still worrying over your mug someone replied he was a mug went on the man of one idea if i'd had a couple of twelves even i could have strafed him proper i don't know whether i shall mutiny or desert or write to the first sea lord about it strafe all admiralty constructors to begin with i could build a better boat with a four-inch lathe and a sardine tin than the speaker named her by letter and number that's pure jealousy her commander explained to the company ever since i installed ahem my patent electric wash basin he's been intriguing to get her why we know he doesn't wash he'd only use the basin to keep beer in underwater works however often one meets it as in this war one meets it at every turn one never gets used to the holy spirit of man at his job the common sweeper growling over his mug of tea that there was nothing in sweepin' and these idly chaffing men new-shaved and attired from the gates of death which had let them through for the fiftieth time were all of the same fabric incomprehensible i should imagine to the enemy and the stuff held good throughout all the world From the dardanelles to the baltic where only a little while ago another batch of submarines had slipped in and begun to be busy i had spent some of the afternoon in looking through reports of submarine work in the sea of marmora they read like the diary of energetic weasels in an overcrowded chicken run and the results for each boat were tabulated something like a cricket score there were no maiden overs one came across jewels of price set in the flat official phraseology for example one man who was describing some steps he was taking to remedy certain defects interjected casually at this point i had to go under for a little as a man in a boat was trying to grab my periscope with his hand no reference before or after to the said man or his fate again came across a dhow with a turkish skipper he seemed so miserable that i let him go and elsewhere in those waters a submarine overhauled a steamer full of turkish passengers some of whom arguing on their allies lines promptly leaped overboard our boat fished them out and returned them for she was not killing civilians in another affair which included several ships now at the bottom and one submarine the commander relaxes enough to note that the men behaved very well under direct and flanking fire from rifles at about fifteen yards this was not i believe the submarine that fought the turkish cavalry on the beach and in addition to matters much more marvellous than any i have hinted at the reports deal with repairs and shifts and contrivances carried through in the face of dangers that read like the last delirium of romance one boat went down the straits and found herself rather canted over to one side a mine and chain had jammed under her forward diving plane so far as i made out, she shook it off by standing on her head and jerking backward or it may have been for the thing has occurred more than once she merely rose as much as she could when she could and then released it by hand as the official phrase goes four nightmares and who a few months ago could have invented or having invented could have dared to print such a nightmare as this there was a boat in the north sea who ran into a net and was caught by the nose she rose still entangled meaning to cut the thing away on the surface but a zeppelin in waiting saw and bombed her and she had to go down again at once but not too wildly or she would get herself more wrapped up than ever she went down and by slow working and weaving and wriggling guided only by guesses at the meaning of each scrape and grind of the net on her blind forehead at last she drew clear then she sat on the bottom and thought the question was whether she should go back at once and warn her confederates against the trap or wait till the destroyers which she knew the zeppelin would have signaled for should come out to finish her still entangled as they would suppose in the net it was a simple calculation of comparative speeds and positions and when it was worked out she decided to try for the double event within a few minutes of the time she had allowed for them she heard the twitter of four destroyer screws quartering above her rose got her shot in saw one destroyer crumple hung round till another took the wreck in tow said good-bye to the spare brace she was at the end of her supplies and reached the rendezvous in time to turn her friends and since we are dealing in nightmares here are two more one genuine the other mercifully false there was a boat not only at but in the mouth of a river well home in german territory she was spotted and went under her commander perfectly aware that there was not more than five feet of water over her conning tower so that even a torpedo boat let alone a destroyer would hit it if she came over but nothing hit anything the search was conducted on scientific principles while they sat on the silt and suffered then the commander heard the rasp of a wire trawl sweeping over his hull it was not a nice sound but there happened to be a couple of gramophones aboard and he turned them both on to drown it and in due time that boat got home with everybody's hair of just the same color as when they had started the other nightmare arose out of silence and imagination A boat had gone to bed on the bottom in a spot where she might reasonably expect to be looked for, but it was a convenient jumping-off, or up, place for the work at hand. About the bad hour of 2.30 a.m., the commander was waked by one of his men, who whispered to him, They've got the chains on us, sir. Whether it was pure nightmare, an hallucination of long wakefulness, something relaxing and releasing in that packed box of machinery or the disgustful reality the commander could not tell but it had all the makings of panic in it so the lord and long training put it into his head to reply have they well we shan't be coming up till nine o'clock this morning we'll see about it then turn out that light please he did not sleep but the dreamer and the others did and when morning came and he gave the order to rise she rose unhampered and he saw the grey-smeared seas from above once again he said it was a very refreshing sight lastly which is on all fours with the gamble of the chase a man was coming home rather bored after an uneventful trip it was necessary for him to sit on the bottom for a while and there he played patience of a sudden it struck him as a vow and an omen that if he worked out the next game correctly he would go up and strafe something the cards fell all in order he went up at once and found himself alongside a german whom as he had promised and prophesied to himself he destroyed she was a mine-layer and needed only a jar to dissipate like a cracked electric light bulb he was somewhat impressed by the contrast between the single-handed game fifty feet below the ascent the attack the amazing result and when he descended again his cards just as he had left them the ships destroy us above and ensnare us beneath we arise we lie down and we move in the belly of death the ships have a thousand eyes to mark where we come and the mirth of a seaport dies when our blow gets home chapter two i was honored by a glimpse into this veiled life in a boat which was merely practicing between trips submarines are like cats they never tell who they were with last night and they sleep as much as they can if you board a submarine off duty you generally see a perspective of foreshortened fattish men laid all along The men say that, except at certain times, it is rather an easy life, with relaxed regulations about smoking, calculated to make a man put on flesh. One requires well-padded nerves. Many of the men do not appear on deck throughout the whole trip. After all, why should they, if they don't want to? They know that they are responsible in their department for their comrades' lives, as their comrades are responsible for theirs. What's the use of flapping about? Better lay in some magazines and cigarettes. When we set forth, there had been some trouble in the fairway, and a mind neutral, whose misfortune all bore with exemplary calm, was careened on a nearby shoal. Suppose there are more mines knocking about, I suggested. We'll hope there aren't, was the soothing reply. Mines are all joss. You either hit em or you don't and if you do they don't always go off they scrape alongside what's the etiquette then shut off both propellers and hope we were dodging various craft down the harbour when a squadron of trawlers came out on our beam at that extravagant rate of speed which unlimited government coal always leads to they were led by an ugly upstanding black-sided buccaneer with twelve pounders ah that's the king of the trawlers isn't he carrying dog too give him room one said we were all in the narrowed harbor mouth together there's my youngest daughter take a look at her some one hummed as a punctilious navy cap slid by on a very near bridge we'll fall in behind him they're going over to the neutral then they'll sweep by the by did you hear about one of the passengers in the neutral yesterday he was taken off of course by a destroyer and the only thing he said was twenty-five time i have insured but not this time Hang it the trawlers lunged ahead toward the forlorn neutral our destroyer nipped past us with that high-shouldered terrier-like pouncing action of the newer boats and went ahead a tramp in ballast her propeller half out of the water threshed along through the sallow haze Lord, what a shot! Somebody said enviously. The men on the little deck looked across at the slow-moving silhouette. One of them, a cigarette behind his ear, smiled at a companion. Then we went down. Not as they go when they are pressed. The record, I believe, is fifty feet in fifty seconds from top to bottom but genteelly to an orchestra of appropriate sounds roarings and blowings and after the orders which come from the commander alone utter silence and peace there's the bottom we bumped at fifty fifty-two he said i didn't feel it we'll try again watch the gauge and you'll see it flick a little the practice of the art it may have been so but i was more interested in the faces and above all the eyes all down the length of her it was to them of course the simplest of manoeuvres they dropped into gear as no machine could but the training of years and the experience of the year leaped up behind those steady eyes under the electrics in the shadow of the tall motors between the pipes and the curved hull or glued to their special gauges One forgot the bodies altogether, but one will never forget the eyes or the ennobled faces. One man I remember in particular. On deck, his was no more than a grave, rather striking countenance, cast in the unmistakable petty officer's mould. Below, as I saw him in profile handling a vital control, he looked like the doge of Venice, the prior of some sternly ruled monastic order, an old-time pope anything that signifies trained and stored intellectual power utterly and aesthetically devoted to some vast impersonal end and so with a much younger man who changed into such a monk as frank dixie used to draw only a couple of torpedo men not being in gear for the moment read an illustrated paper Their time did not come till we went up and got to business, which meant firing at our destroyer, and, I think, keeping out of the light of a friend's torpedoes. The attack, and everything connected with it, is solely the commander's affair. He is the only one who gets any fun at all, since he is the eye, the brain, and the hand of the whole, this single figure at the periscope the second in command heaves sighs and prays that the dummy torpedo there is less trouble about the live ones will go off all right or he'll be told about it the others wait and follow the quick run of orders it is if not a convention a fairly established custom that the commander shall inferentially give his world some idea of what is going on at least i only heard of one man who says nothing whatever and doesn't even wriggle his shoulders when he is on the site the others soliloquize etc according to their temperament and the periscope is as revealing as gulf submarines nowadays are expected to look out for themselves more than at the old practices when the destroyers walked circumspectly we dived and circulated under water for a while and then rose for a sight something like this up a little up up still where the deuce has he got to ah half a dozen orders as to helm and depth of descent and a pause broken by a drumming noise somewhere above which increases and passes away oh that's better up again this refers to the periscope yes ah no we don't think all right keep her down damn it hm mm, that ought to be 19 knots dirty trick he's changing speed no he isn't he's all right ready forward there a valve sputters and drips the torpedo men crouch over their tubes and nod to themselves their faces have changed now he hasn't spotted us yet we'll just more helm and depth orders but especially helm wish we were working a beam tube never mind up a last string of orders six hundred and he doesn't see us fire the dummy left the second in command cocked one ear and looked relieved up we rose the wet air and spray spattered through the hatch the destroyer swung off to retrieve the dummy careless brutes destroyers are said one officer that fellow nearly walked over us just now did you notice the commander was playing his game out over again stroke by stroke with a beam tube I'd ida strafed him amidship he concluded why didn't you then i asked there were loads of shiny reasons which reminded me that we were at war and cleared for action and that the interlude had been merely play a companion rose alongside and wanted to know whether we had seen anything of her dummy no but we heard it was the short answer i was rather annoyed because i had seen that particular daughter of destruction on the stocks only a short time ago and here she was grown up and talking about her missing children in the harbor again one found more submarines all patterns and makes and sizes with rumors of yet more and larger to follow naturally their men said we were only at the beginning of the submarine we shall have them presently for all purposes the man and the work now here is a mystery of the service a man gets a boat which for two years becomes his very self his morning hope his evening dream his joy throughout the day with him is a second in command an engineer and some others they prove each other's souls habitually every few days by the direct test of peril till they act think and endure as a unit in and with the boat that commander is transferred to another boat he tries to take with him if he can which he can't as many of his other selves as possible he is pitched into a new type twice the size of the old one with three times as many gadgets an unexplored temperament and unknown leanings after his first trip he comes back clamouring for the head of her constructor of his own second in command his engineer his cocks and a few other ratings they for their part wish him dead on the beach because last commission with so-and-so nothing ever went wrong anywhere a fortnight later you can remind the commander of what he said and he will deny every word of it she's not he says so very vile things considered barring her five-ton torpedo derricks the abominations of her wireless and the tropical temperature of her beer lockers all of which signifies that the new boat has found her soul and her commander would not change her for battle-cruisers therefore that he may remember he is the service and not a branch of it he is after certain seasons shifted to a battle-cruiser where he lives in a blaze of admirals and responsible for vast decks and crypt-like flats a student of extended above-water tactics thinking in tens of thousands of yards instead of his modest but deadly three to twelve hundred and the man who takes his place straightway forgets that he ever looked down on great rollers from a sixty-foot bridge under the whole breadth of heaven, but crawls and climbs and dives through conning-towers, with those same waves wet in his neck, and when the cruisers pass him, tearing the deep open in half a gale, thanks God he is not as they are, and goes to bed beneath their distracted keels. EXPERT OPINIONS "'But submarine work is cold-blooded business.' This was at a little session in a green-curtained wardroom cum owner's cabin. "'Then there's no truth in the yarn that you can feel when the torpedo's going to get home?' I asked. "'Not a word. You sometimes see it get home, or miss, as the case may be. Of course, it's never your fault if it misses. It's all your second-in-command.' "'That's true, too,' said the second. "'I catch it all round. That's what I'm here for.' and what about the third man there was one aboard at the time he generally comes from a smaller boat to pick up real work if he can suppress his intellect and doesn't talk last commission the third hand promptly denied the possession of any intellect and was quite dumb about his last boat and the men Oh, they train on too they train each other yes one gets to know em about as well as they get to know us up topside a man can take you in take himself in for months for half a commission perhaps down below he can't it's all in cold blood not like at the front where they have something exciting all the time then bumping mines isn't exciting Oh, not one little bit you can't bump back at em even with a zep oh now and then one interrupted and they laughed as they explained Yes, that was rather funny. One of our boats came up slap underneath a low Zepp. Looked for the sky, you know, and couldn't see anything, except this fat shining belly almost on top of em Luckily, it wasn't the Zepp's stinging end, so our boat went to windward and kept just awash. There was a bit of a sea, and the Zepp had to work against the wind. They don't like that. Our boat sent a man to the gun. He was pretty well drowned of course but he hung on choking and spitting and held his breath and got in shots where he could this zepp was strafing bombs about for all she was worth and who was it mccartney i think potting at her between dives and naturally all hands wanted to look at the performance so about half the north sea flopped down below and oh they had a charlie chaplin time of it well somehow mccartney managed to rip the zep a bit and she went to leeward with a list on her we saw her a fortnight later with a patch on her port side oh if fritz only fought clean this wouldn't be half a bad show but fritz can't fight clean, and we can't do what he does even if we were allowed to one said no we can't tisn't done we have to fish fritz out of the water dry him and give him cocktails and send him to donnington hall and what does fritz do i asked he sputters and clicks and bows he has all the correct motions you know but of course when he's your prisoner you can't tell him what he really is and do you suppose fritz understands any of it i went on no or he wouldn't have Lusitaniaed. this war was his first chance of making his name and he chucked it all away for the sake of showing off as a foul gottstraffer and they talked of that hour of the night when submarines come to the top like mermaids to get and give information of boats whose business it is to fire as much and to splash about as aggressively as possible and of other boats who avoid any sort of display dumb-boats watching and relieving watch with their periscope just showing like a crocodile's eye at the back of islands and the mouth of channels where something may some day move out in procession to its doom End of part two